0: Go on and let everyone else know breakfast is ready. Bare Bones, it's December, it's cold, and it's time to slow things down a little bit. So, as you know, if you've been listening to this new solo cast, I've been going pretty hardcore since, uh... Well, I guess since it started, really. We already got 11 shows done. Kicked it off with Halloween Kills, blasted through the Romero movies, Night of the Living Dead remake, the J-Lo trilogy, that new crowdfunded fan film... Friday the 13th fan film, Roseblood. So a few people have been asking me how things have been going with the new show, as far as audience goes. And even how it's going with the re-upload of all the Skeleton Crew shows on the new podcast feed. As you guys know, I only uploaded everything a little while ago. We already have about 2,000 downloads altogether on this new Skeleton Crew feed. As you know, I've always been pretty transparent... I'm not going to lie or inflate numbers or anything like that. So I'll throw out some numbers here. I don't know if uh, everything is totally accurate. I load everything to Podbean. I'm not sure if it reads every download from every single source. I'm sure it, it does. So as far as the podcast app goes, looks like we have an average of, I would say, exactly 30 listeners. You know, some of the Bare Bones episodes have gotten more, but, you know, some just got, you know, 24 or whatever. That's on that. On YouTube, we're doing a little bit better. But I can't really tell, because it's not very consistent. Like, for example, Bare Bones Pick Up the Bones, which has nothing to do with anything, search engine-wise, got 262. Halloween Kills got 385. Then you get the Return of Living Dead stuff, 146, 131, 110. 90 for Day of the Dead. Then you got Anaconda. They got 127. But then the Cell review only got 75. And the Boy Next Door... Now, this is all on Saturday. I'm releasing this on Monday, so it could get a little better, but the Boy Next Door only has 47 on YouTube. And that's the one with only 24 on the podcast app. So I have roughly 65 or 70 people listening to that review. Now, that's a shame, because hopefully you didn't take the J-Lo thing too seriously, it wasn't so much about J-Lo as it was horror movies with her in it. I mean, Anna is does a pretty big film. Most podcasts review that. The Cell is a really good horror movie that most people should review, regardless of who's in it. And The Boy Next Door, sure, that was a personal kind of cram-in. It was more of an exotic thriller than a horror movie, but if you heard the first two I did, then you know there'd be like a good amount of laughs with the third one. You know, the whole playing up the whole thing about the obsession with J.Lo. Listen, is she my number one chick? Besides my wife? Yes. Have I been into her for about 20 years? Yes. Am I exactly what I said in all the reviews? No. (laughs) You know, I'm kidding around. So, just for the fun of it, I mean, these things are only like, you know, 19 minutes long. I wouldn't skip any of them for reasons like that. But whatever, people do what they want to do with their time, that's what it is, you know. Now, oddly enough, now this is Saturday, I'm sure this will go a little higher by Monday, but my Roseblood Friday the 13th fan film review is already at 293, and it was released two days after The Boy Next Door. So The Boy Next Door got 47, and the next one got 293. Now, that one is only because when people search up that movie, my review pops up pretty much underneath it. So, all these people, and I think it's like 15,000 or more people have seen this Roseblood uh, movie, you know, they saw that there's a review for it, right under it, so they're like, yeah, okay, well, let's see what people think about it, and then they listened to my review. Luckily, I was on my A-game, if I do say so myself, it was one of the better reviews I've ever done. I guess I had a certain enthusiasm about me at the moment. So, that's good for exposure, <laughs> And the guy who uh, made the movie contacted me to thank me for the review. And even answered a few questions I had, like, uh, about why Tina could only move that magnet coin thing now, and before she could throw couches, and he said, uh, that she only can use her stuff under duress, like I guessed. He pretty much answered all my questions. So, it was pretty interesting to hear everything, um, all come together, so that was cool. So one of the things I got going on as far as Friday the 13th fan films is I'm going to go ahead and release my video commentary of my Friday the 13th fan film, Nine Lives. I'm going to upload it all over again with the commentary on the YouTube channel and hopefully I can figure out how to do it on this podcast app. If I can't, I'll just upload the audio, I guess, and then tell you to watch along with it. So yeah, I would say that this solo cast gets a solid 120 listeners every show. Now, what else can I ask for? You know, I've been gone for a year. People probably just forgot all about it, Figure we're not coming back. A lot of people don't look at their YouTube updates. A lot of people um, don't go on Facebook anymore. So they wouldn't even know that I came back. A lot of people probably just want to hear the entire skeleton crew and not just uh, one person from it. But, you know, I'll say this, things might have fallen apart at the end of the Skeleton Crew, and we're all separated now, but much like, uh... forgot who it was, but somebody said, instead of blaming Yoko for breaking up the Beatles, why don't you thank her? For all the music from John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr that you have to listen to now. All their solo albums. So, it's really the same thing. Sure, the Skeleton Crew broke up. But now you have Horror in the House of Salmon, Exploding Heads, Cut to the Chase, and Bare Bones. You have four shows to listen to, with presumably your favorite podcasters in them. And I listen to these shows, and I think everyone's doing a great job. Hopefully I'm doing an okay job. So let's talk about the big news. The Chucky TV series finale just uh, dropped this past Tuesday and wow I mean this whole season man everybody came back again you know people would roll their eyes like oh well what are they doing with their career of course they came back but you know not everybody has to do that you heard about sex in the city right that one chick is not coming back because she hates those other three girls I think she hates Sarah Jessica Parker the most Kim Cattrall she hates these people just like Vanessa Marcel hated the girls on 90210. And I'm not entirely sure that Tiffany Amber Thiessen is that thrilled with those girls either. Supposedly, they were total bitches to the new girls on the show. Hilary Swank probably hates them too. Tori Spelling and Jenny Garth felt that was their show, and they got very catty with any new girls coming on. So, it's obviously a totally different thing in Sex in the City. Sarah Jessica Parker's probably just a bitch I mean it's not hard to pick up on that but yeah so that's great that all these people came back for the Chucky show it really is like the movies just went on and now they're more fleshed out it's slower it's paced really well nothing's boring TV is where it's at that's where it's always been at you know a lot of people think even in my real life that I just sit home and watch movies all day but that's not true I actually don't make as much time for TV as you would think. I mean, I try to, and that's definitely my downtime and stuff like that, but um, I'm actually more of a television show person. I, if I had to really go back and look at my whole life, I'd say I think TV is where it's at too. Television has reached me a lot more than any movie. I mean, listen, I live and die by certain movies, sure. And they live in my mind like a universe rather than just 90 minutes of something. But nothing ever reached me like The Simpsons, Sons of Anarchy, 90210, Saved by the Bell, The Twilight Zone, The Chucky TV Show, Bates Motel, The Ninja Turtle cartoons growing up, The Batman animated series, hell, Garfield and Friends, Scooby-Doo. Cobra Kai, married with children. I mean, this stuff is like life to me. And yes, I'm going from even as a a kid to now. I mean, I liked everything TV. I mean, television was huge for me. Roseanne. I'm sure there's things I'll kick myself for forgetting. Batman with Adam West. But yeah, I totally think TV is where it's at. And this Chucky show just proves it. I think it's way better than the movies. And it was approved for Season 2, so that's great. But man, um, Chucky is a bastard in this show. I mean, he is just, like, darker than ever. I mean, he seemed to have fun with these things, like in Bride of Chucky and on, and definitely try to have a lot more fun with what he does in Seed of Chucky and stuff like that. But God, he is just pure evil in this show. And... Sometimes I look at my wife when I look at what he's doing to somebody or something like that and she just, she almost has a face on as if she's almost not even enjoying it. Like, what is this? Like, this is, I'm not even sure this is fun. It's just like a fucked up guy, doll, whatever. But I'm like cracking up hysterically at this stuff. Like when he pushed this dude's mom out of the window with that cart, I was laughing my ass off. I had to, like, make sure I kept my eyes open when she went through the windshield of the car, so I didn't miss it. Like, I thought that was hilarious for some reason. And the way she landed, she face-planted into the windshield. Just great. The really dark moment is when the kid killed his dad, though. I mean, I just didn't... That's one thing. I didn't get the... That was a weird character turn, because... I didn't get the impression his dad was that bad to him, like, to make him feel so bad about himself to, uh, to the point where he felt like a loser all the time with his dad, so he was justified in killing him. I mean, I went through worse father problems than that, and, yeah, that was just, like, I don't think they drove that point home enough. I'm not sure that kill was justified. (laughs) And then he was just gonna kill that dude's boyfriend and ever that little mousy kid, who, uh... Looks like that Arthur the Aardvark or whatever. Like, he is just the weirdest, nerdy, little, puny kid ever. And, uh, I guess now he's the boyfriend of the main character. I forgot his name. I don't don't remember these names very well. But, um, the kid that always looks like he, uh, just shit his pants or smelled shit or something. Like, he has that whiny face that everybody hates and wants to punch with the big floppy hair. And the the blonde girl, who was a total bitch, and then she has this moment where she says, You just ran away? You didn't think your family would care? And he said, What family? And she said, Us, me. And the other kid he's dating. That was so interesting to see her take such a 180. Once she got involved with the Chucky stuff, she completely bonded and felt like she had two people in her life that were the only two people she can count on because she can't even tell anybody else about this and she felt that close to them like what a 180 now i'm not gonna criticize it and say it was fast or not believable or anything like that but yeah it's definitely a character arc for sure but yeah just the overall show yeah it's dark and sometimes it's like oh god chucky come on like I wouldn't say it's not enjoyable. I usually laugh or whatever at most of this stuff. But yeah, he's, he's pretty dark in this. Um, I, I thought it borderlined on, gee, keep making sure this is uh, fun for people, guys. Don't go too dark. Uh, just a few moments, mostly in the finale. But I thought the finale was great. I'm so glad that Brad Dorff's daughter is back in this show. She's a great addition. Jennifer Tilly, always a mainstay. I'm glad they hinted she'll be the doll Tiffany again. That was cool. But, yeah, good show. Check it out if you haven't. It's on Peacock streaming, too. Everything's Peacock. I canceled my Hulu because most of those things are on Peacock now. And Peacock's where it's at. I'm even watching the Say by the Bell reboot. I just finished season two. And that was cool. Hey, listen, you take what you can get. You bring all the people from Say by the Bell back, who are alive, I guess, and, um, <clears throat> throw in a few new kids. There's a cute little Spanish girl on there who's the lead actress. Haskira something, Velasquez, And, uh, yeah. I'm probably too old for her, but she's still cute to look at. A little dumpy, but yeah, she's cute. So where do we go from here? Did I figure out a schedule yet? All that good stuff. Let's talk about the scheduling. I was hoping to do every Monday and Thursday. I had to release that one show the next day after The Boy Next Door because I had a strike while the iron was hot. We had to get that review out, man. The fast... I think I was like the first real reviewer of that fan film. So, the faster that got out there, the more people would come to that to hear it. You know what I mean? And then they would check out the rest of my show. But hopefully. I'm sure they won't. Oh, real quick. Some really good news. A long-time listener, Joseph Staub, he hooked us up big time. I apparently didn't have the Banana Laser Skeleton Crew version of the Halloween retrospective, so, I got them all now, and I have this, the other version of Skeleton Crew horror hits, I don't know if you guys know this, but I did a DJ thing where I, like, released a bunch of horror songs, horror theme songs or whatever, rock songs that were in horror movies or whatever, and I was like a DJ and talked them up in between, and then you heard the next song and all that. And um, I had one I released in here. He had the other one, so now they're both in there. And all the banana lasers will be uh, installed into this feed um, soon. I'm going to work on it probably next week. But back to the schedule, I I was going to try to do every Monday and Thursday, but that might be too difficult to promise something like that. And I know it's only a 20-minute show, so it would be better if there were like two of them a week. I just don't want to get burned out or feel like it's a job again. But I don't really think I'll feel that way. It's really a lot easier when you have nobody to schedule with. When you have no one to ask anything about. The scheduling's cut out. Asking anything about anything is cut out. And I can release it whenever I want myself. I don't have to email Jason Lloyd and all that stuff. And then send him the banner. And then send him the description. And then send him the upload link. Like, it's a lot easier. So... I was thinking it wouldn't be too difficult. My only issue is, can I make sure I watch two movies solely for review purposes every week and get them out every week? I can try, but I'd really like you guys to know when shows are coming out so you always know when to tune in. I just don't know what to do in in that case. But either way, let's look on the old agenda. So, I did The Cell. I did The Boy Next Door did the Romero series I did Anaconda now those were all things on my list that I created on episode right after I was done with episode 3 that all came to me with Chucky ending maybe it's a good time to do child's play 1 2 3 4 and do I want to do that though It'd be good timing I think didn't he get that doll on Christmas so isn't that first one like a Christmas movie I forgot do I want to deep dive into Chucky at this moment after watching that whole show I'm almost afraid to tell you anything else I might have planned. A lot of these are a lot of movies I have planned here. So if I commit to anything, I have to do like five movies half the time. And if I do one, I want to do all the rest in order, you know what I mean? So it's easy to go through all of them. So if I do Terminator, I have to do Terminator 2, 3. I'm not going to do Salvation. I will do Terminator Genesis, and I will do Terminator Dark Fate. Even though I feel like I talked about that already, but I forgot. So I want to give a shout out to a few people who have been very supportive or enthusiastic about this show or just us in general. So the Ram Man, of course, Logan Winton, Pistol, Michael Keichel, (laughs) David Smith, Jared. I know, right? Jinx is awesome. Cody Robinson, of course. Jamie and Dave Z have been very supportive. Matthew Farrago Drago Will Hickson. I know I shouldn't be doing this because I'm gonna leave somebody out. Oh yo yeah, yo. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brian Wingenroth, Patrick Hart, Steven Scott, James Houston, Joseph Staub, like I said earlier, Jason Luxton, I think Neil Lamoy checks the show out, John Granzau, Johnny Rockets, Neil Robinson, or Robson, <laughs> I think Jodie Shell listens, she was Jodie in my movie, but yeah, I'm sure I left somebody out, so, what can I say, I'm a dirtbag, <laughs> I can't remember everybody, and one more bit of show insight, um, people were asking me about the lyrics of the intro to this song, so obviously that's Alice Cooper from his album Brutal Planet, that's where he got into, like, industrial music, like, he was trying to sort of keep up with uh, the youngsters out there. A lot of his old school fans didn't like that album, but it's actually pretty good. He did way better. You gotta check out the album um, Dragontown from Alice Cooper. There's two songs on there that don't really fit in with the rest of them. The first one, and this one called Disgraceland, where he does, like, an Elvis impression. Other than that, if you have Spotify or just poke around YouTube, look up the album from Alice Cooper, Dragontown. It's so good. So, um, they're asking me about the lyrics when it says, Pick up the bones, set them on fire, follow the smoke going higher and higher. So they were wondering if that was, like, a derogatory thing, as if I didn't like the people on the skeleton crew or something. <laughs> uh, no. That's not what that meant. You know, I actually liken it to, um, if anybody... I'm sure nobody really did, unless they were me and Dave, or Jamie, watched uh, 90210, there's a scene in, I think season 8 or 9, maybe 8, whenever Dylan comes back after he left the show in season uh, 6, when he comes back, you know, he left because his wife was was like, why well, don't I, want... okay, I guess if you haven't seen it in like 30 years, you're never gonna, but his wife was like, shot up, Rebecca Gayhart she was his wife in the show and she was like gunned down in her car so when he comes back two years later he sells that car and then when the guy hands him the money in cash or whatever so Dylan goes to like an alleyway where like people sell drugs and stuff and he goes to one of those big cans like those bonfire cans whatever you call them and he uh, he starts lighting the money from that purchase of that car his wife was killed in on fire And the guy goes, what are you doing? And he says, I'm burning my wife's ashes. So, I kind of thought of it that way. So, that's why I wanted to use those lyrics. Let's pick up the bones, skeletons, you know, um, and and see what we could do here. And then I felt that was fitting. Like, I'm burning the ashes of the dead show, you know? So, I thought that was pretty symbolic. and, And it would just be... Fitting for what has happened and is happening. And then the second part of his lyrics are pick up the bones and wish them good night, pray them a prayer, and turn out the light. So eventually that will happen too. Obviously, this is my last hurrah in podcasting. I think when it comes to team stuff like podcasts, I think the ambitious ones, maybe the downfall will always be uh, scheduling. Because as much as people think that we were always, uh, like there was, I don't think people think there was always an issue. I mean, there were years between each little event. We all got along just fine. There was no, like, in-house bickering or anything that went on for months or anything like that. There was nothing, nothing like that. I mean, pretty much everything just came and went. And we were great, and everything you heard was genuine for most of what you heard. We all got along fine and we all loved each other and stuff like that it was just those moments where the scheduling got too much for one person or another and then it ended up kind of messing up the show looking back we all did a tremendous amount you know like think of 155 skeleton crew shows dave was always there for his run dan was not there for what like 25 of them or something or maybe less so he did let's say 120 or so So, he did a lot. It was a lot to get all those done. And then he did a ton of married with children. That was a tremendous amount to ask somebody. So, when you think of it that way, it was a lot of work for everybody. And we all did a lot and gave it our all. It's just one of those weird things where, that's great, and I'm glad we did all that, but we have more to go. And lives change, and things are different, and not everyone's always able to make it and stuff like that. So, that's understandable and all that stuff but you know there are still schedules to keep and things like that and then feelings get hurt and whatnot so but that's mostly it we didn't really have like many issues at all it was really if you look back on it all just kind of scheduling stuff with uh, the skeleton crew it really was the whole thing by uh, beyond you know from 2013 and on so we only had one uh, year of Craziness, and then um, and that all started. <clears throat> I'd say almost right away, almost near the Danny Trejo interview. From from that point on, it was not exactly normal. And then um, thirteen and on, I would say the only issue was scheduling. So yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm I always look back fondly on all this stuff. And as for the exit song, I'm not settled on it yet. I was talking to Matthew about it on our Facebook group page. He digs it. But he's not. He doesn't think it's better than uh, the Soothsayer song or anything, and it's not. It's from Buckethead, of course, and the song is called Light. L I G H T. So listen to that on YouTube or whatever if you want to hear our exit song. I'm not um, totally done crafting the sound of this show. Those sounds in the beginning, that tape rewind sound and that radio thing sound, that blends into the <laughs> the song. That is so, like, 1994 K-Rock radio, you know? It's... dreadful, I know. I, you know, if anybody wants to help out here, give me some cool sounds to, uh... (laughs) to play when transitioning stuff. I mean, I kind of just did it for nostalgia. I know it's crap. But I kind of did it like, oh look guys, it's still 2012, you know, like, something funny like that. That's what I was really doing. Um, just the same way when I used to put those orgy, uh, music spots between breaks from that orgy album. When I did it in 2017, that was obviously just to, you know, make you go, Oh, wow, that's from 2012 and 13. That's funny. So, yeah, that's all I was doing there. But, uh, yeah, if you guys have cool transition sounds or whatever, yeah, let me know. Because, uh, you know, it's, it's tough sometimes. But uh, but this has been a great time. I thank you all, all of the regulars who never want to miss a show. Thanks. You're the guys who I work so hard for. You're the guys that we're buds. We've bonded. And this is what we're into. You make it all worth it. I bought a brand new computer for this. I have a gigantic screen. It is like the length of my arm wide and like a foot and a few inches more tall. It is gigantic so I, I wanted to just feel new. I got a keyboard that changes all these different colors like it's just like blue and green and pink and yellow and all this other stuff and it just keeps like going moving back and forth slowly looks cool it's like very uh, like I'm in a spaceship or something. New computer I have a I have two and a half terabytes of space so my stable of girls really like that because now I don't have to put them all on external drives and plug it in every time I want to check some chicken. I mean, (laughs) every time I want to download a show or, or I mean, uh, process a show and save it on my computer. Yeah. That way, if anything happens again, I can re-upload them all again. Yep. That's all I use my terabytes for. Nothing weird like that. Like what you might be thinking or what you think I said. So yeah, the most important thing to look forward to this month is my commentary of my Friday the 13th fan film, Nine Lives. Hopefully you watched that on Halloween, because it is a Halloween movie. (laughs) The only thing I regret about that movie is that we had a three and a half hour late start on our final day of shooting, so it was ice cold when we slammed that uh, scythe, or whatever you call it, into Jason's neck. Then he died and collapsed in the backyard. Then Alyssa walked away with his mask. The only thing I would have liked to do is as she was driving down the street and turn the corner she turns and Michael Myers is standing there cause it's Halloween and that would have been the great ending and then it could have teased like a next movie or something like that but um since we started so late nobody wanted to do jack shit by the time she killed Jason we just wanted to stop and be done with this so yeah that's why could have done more but doesn't always work out that way so guys tune in Hopefully Thursday, I'll have something cooked up for you guys. From the Skeleton Crew to a bare-bones release, I do what I can. Later, guys. Peace.